You're listening to episode 86 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today, I'm excited to share part two of this three-part weekly series where I chat to Danny V with a focus on motherhood, where we explore motherhood identity, guilt, courage, play, presence. We really have a beautiful, authentic chat um, to share with you. And it really is to, to honor and to, to celebrate the fact that you know we can only have an out of focus for so long when we are you know, nurturing um, our family. And what really is a core essential ingredient to a flourishing family is a flourishing parent, carer. And in this case, our focus is mums. So if you haven't already signed up or taken a a look at um, my website, flourishformums.com, please do so. We do have um, a six-week live online course starting in mid-October self-care elevation where I really take uh, mums on a beautiful journey to really shift from that juggle struggle uh, that we're feeling, that feeling of survival and really shifting that to a place of presence and productivity. So if you haven't already checked that out, I encourage you to head on over to flourishformums.com and check that out. And I look forward to seeing you in October, wherever you are in the world. Let's now make a start with part two of this three-part series with Danny V and uh, enjoy this beautiful chat. Welcome to the Talking About Motherhood platform, can I just say, Um, because, yeah, the narrative does need to change and and I find myself saying that a lot, Yeah, Um, you know, certainly around, I mean, I talk about self-care and acceptance, but within all of that, is is weaved coming back to and reclaiming you as a whole person and i often talk about the motherhood being an expansion mm. of who you are exactly all that you are and not a and limiting it, factor you know which it seems to have been perceived and i don't know when we had to become the sensible ones the ones who schedule the ones who bring the band-aids the ones who remember to bring lunch like why why how did we take on that role well uh, lots of expectations from society <laughs> and culture yes. and all the conditioning, you know. And if you if you go down that that path of you know the research and you look at um, and I've obviously looked at lots of research, but say sociologist Dr. Rose, she looks at the universal phenomenon of of motherhood guilt. Yes, you know why does that exist? Because as mums, we're not feeling like we are meeting the expectations of what makes a good mother based on societal you know expectations and conditioning and so there's this there's this subconscious kind of I've got to get mothering right and mm. I was there mm. too right right at the start I was there too um got to get it right got trying to you know please everyone and and make it all um you know in this stereotype that I'm not quite sure what it mm. is but I'm going to give it a whirl and get stretched in every yeah. direction and then realize it doesn't, no, work. it doesn't work. And even the idea of good mother, good wife, you know, there's right. there's kind of a bit of a repression in that because in order to be good and get that green tick of approval, you need to do certain things and be certain things. And I think, you know, even the word, are you a good mother, are you a good wife, I think they're really dangerous words because there's that expectation there that, 
yeah you know I, I go back to to a the old 50s golden books you know where you have to bring your slippers to your husband when he gets home from work like you know is that a good life <laughs> yeah and you know it gets thrown around a lot and it's something that yeah I, I certainly tune into the wording or <laughs> the words people use and you would too Danny no doubt um, but you know this is where I talked about awareness before some of us just aren't even aware until something is said or a penny drops or whatever mm. it is. I think we feel it, but I don't know that we always know how to articulate it. That's right. You know, I think we feel, I've always felt mother guilt. I've always felt like I had to do everything, you know, even in a career that I was in before and I was, you know, a manager, I thought I had to be a strong woman. You know, I couldn't let any emotions show. And you almost had to take on these you know, stereotypical masculine traits because you thought that's what I had to be to be a boss lady. It turns out that, you know, as I'm getting older, I really think that vulnerability and humour actually make you a much better leader mm -hmm. than being stoic and soldiering on, you know, and I think vulnerability is a strength which took me a long time to learn. Yeah. Uh, but I've ever since, you know, I've, I've just, I didn't decide it accidentally happened where I was oversharing about my anxiety on a podcast. And I went, mm, what would happen if I just kept that in and didn't edit it out? Cause I'd never really openly spoken about it before. But I think when you lean into that vulnerability, it's really powerful because all of a sudden, whatever it is that's owning you loses its power. Exactly. And that's the golden thread of humanity. Mm -hmm. That's the golden thread of humanity. That's the human connection. And in a lot of ways, when I work with various mums particularly, I feel like I'm retraining their humanness, mm. coming back to being okay with being a human and honouring that. And it's okay to have a range of emotions. Guilt is one of them. But, you know, what do you want to do with that? Yeah. It's not always warranted a lot of the time. And it's not yeah. good for you either. No, it's not. And I never experienced anything like that. You know, it's yeah. not something that I thought oh, I'm going to experience mother guilt. It's just something that I still experience. And you think, oh, like, where does this come from? You know, and it's always about, am I good enough? Have I done enough? And it's, it's an impossible, you can't even think about it. You know, it's impossible. You've just got to step back and I try and do this and think, I have a really good relationship with my kids. I can talk to them about anything. They seem to enjoy being around me. <laughs> they're good, they, you know, they're, they're, I don't want to say good kids, but, you know, they're kids who enjoy school and don't get themselves in trouble. So I think something must be going right. <laughs> I mean, it's not perfect by any means, but, you know, you've just got to step back and go, I'm not doing too much of a horrible job. It's okay. <laughs> totally. And you touched, you touched on a, um, I think my post from today on LinkedIn, the challenge is not to be perfect. It is to be whole. And the superwoman thing, like we never asked for that, you know, and I feel like being a mother and a woman has gone from, you know, being so repressed where you can't vote and we're not meant to enjoy sex. It's meant to be for the man or procreation or whatever. And then we've swung this pendulum going, okay, no, 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 we can do everything. And I'm not saying we can't, but it's hard. And may, and I don't want to do everything anymore. I've decided that I, I don't even want to do everything. You shouldn't be expected to do everything. And then we sort of went to this superwoman thing who could, you know, do the housework and have a career and bring up kids and bake cookies and be a wonderful everything and still be sexually amazing. It's like you can't do all that stuff because you're too tired, you know. 
and and that weight of all that expectation and so there's got to be a happy medium where we don't have to do everything we get to make our own choices feminism is still really important we get to not only spend time with our kids spend time doing things that we love as well like there has to be that balance from the repressed women who couldn't vote to let's do everything we don't want to do everything. We never asked for yeah. that we never asked to do everything you know and i whenever someone says oh superwoman i really push back on that i don't want to be a superwoman i don't I don't want to do that. I just want to be a person who's happened to have children. If you're a mum or know a mum who could do with some support, this is an invitation to join the Flourish for Mums self-care program. This weekly program is inspired by the best-selling book, Flourish for Mums, 21 Ways to Thrive with Self-Care and Acceptance, and is led by the fabulous author, Sonia Bestelich. She takes mums on a powerful journey to reconnect with themselves whilst building authentic relationships with fellow mums. Sound like something you want to join? Join our community from anywhere in the world. Mums, it is time for you to flourish. Sign up at flourishformums.com. The way that I feel that that balance or the medium is, is really about as individuals just tuning into ourselves you know what does everything mean for me what does success mean for me what does a, a fulfilling life mean for me yeah exactly once you have those moments and this is this is part of the the being not the doing so when you're in that more of a state of being and it doesn't mean for hours meditating even <laughs> just small you know minutes with a cup of tea quite honestly you know even when the kettle's boiling this is stuff i do i'll turn on the kettle it goes for just under 3 minutes i i i'll switch into being i'll either do some breathing or i'll do some gratitude or like this so those being moments but anyway coming back to it but when you can't when you come into um tuning into yourself and go well what's really important for me two or three words you know, is it to live a beautiful life okay great well, what does it mean for you and that's where your celebration comes in that's where you just come back to your go-to what I call self-mission statement yeah I love that self-mission statement yeah I want to live today um or for me at the moment I, I want to live my life with uncompromising radiance what does that mean for me? Well, that has my own little definition as to what that looks like and feels like, but that's what I come back to. And the beauty is it's so different for everyone. Mm. So you could say to someone, you know, do you have everything? Do you feel like you're doing everything? They'll say yes. And it could be, you know, they they are a stay-at-home mum and they're absolutely, that's everything for them. And they're they're in that bliss state. That's that's what they want. And that's about choice. That's you know, we should be allowed to do, and I don't want to even want to say the word allowed, but you know, we should be able to make our choices. You know, and for so mm. long they've been made for us. And even in subtle ways, you know, like I think we've been over the years repressed in so many ways we don't even understand like we don't even realise it. You know, and I, I touched on pleasure before and sex, and I always think that you know, that's always been something that, you know, you don't talk about a lot, you know, as a woman, because it's not something that you talk about, you know, it's not something, and even in sex education, you know, we're taught the very practical biological factors, but no one's ever talks about the pleasure component of it. That might be awkward at school, sure, but it's still a biological aspect. And it's always about baby making and avoiding getting pregnant. And of course, all the avoiding of getting pregnant is it comes a lot down to the responsibility of the of the woman a lot of the time. Mm, absolutely. 
so it, it's that acceptance, isn't it? It's kind of that acceptance of this is humanness, this is life, and what does enjoying life look mm. like for you? And whatever it is, cast the judgment aside and just let's celebrate it. Oh, we're coming back to the celebration thing. Yeah, yeah. And we all have to do it together, you know. We all have to do it together and we all have to remind each other, you know, and I think I think sometimes, you know, there's that thing where you have your friends over and you have to go, oh, my house has to be perfectly clean and I have to, you know, make the best dinner and the kids have to be beautifully dressed. And I think I think sometimes we put the pressure on ourselves. We do. And I don't know how to stop that. I'm not really a baker of goods. I, I make my kids cakes once a year and I spend, you know, hours and hours doing that. And they end up looking okay on Instagram, just don't look at them too closely in real life, but I'm not a natural kind of baker, you know? And so you try and push back on those things. But, you know, if I know I'm having people over, it's like, oh, I've got to clean the house. Like, why? Why do I feel that pressure to make things look like different to what they actually are? You know, like if you have two kids of a particular age, there's going to be their stuff around all the time. But, you know, when you have someone come over, it's like, quick, hide it. And, you know, I think we're all guilty of that. I think that's okay sometimes, as long as you don't feel like you have to present this perfect person. I'd much rather walk into my friend's house knowing they don't have it all together <laughs> than me thinking, oh, everyone has it together except for me. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the cool thing. Like if you walked into your friend's house and there was stuff all over the place, I don't even think you'd blink twice. You just go, this is normal. This is just, this is it. This is normal family life and wouldn't even cross your mind it's it's more about how we're feeling about it ourselves like oh my gosh they're going to notice that you know there's dust on that and there's this and you know it's more us than what we're telling ourselves but yeah it's the pressure we put on ourselves I think can be so damaging but then again like where does that pressure come from you know and that's the question that I have and I think you know a lot of expectations have been put on particularly mothers I don't know why but particularly mothers to do all these things, you know, and, and now, you know, we also not only have to, you know, there's this meme going around that says you have to have a career like you don't have kids and have kids like you don't have a career and you just have to do it. And a lot of that is just a facade. And, you know, a lot of the women that I speak to, we can't do that. And we shouldn't have to be expected to do that. And, you know, when you have these real conversations with women, we're finding it very, very difficult to do all of those things. It takes this chipping away. Collectively, if we can help each other with permission slips, I mean that metaphorically, yeah. but the permission yeah, slips, absolutely. that's one of the greatest gifts that we can really give is allowing that permission for an individual, just particularly mums, to just feel like themselves and that it's okay to be who they are. Um and you know it's it's quite it's quite moving when you know when you're with particularly you know a larger group of of women and and more recently I've been doing um, various events with women where I you know I talk about self care but I really talk about coming back and connecting to you um, and your whole self and re as you said as reclaiming that. Um, and it's quite astounding how many tears flow when you just give women particularly and mothers especially 
just give that permission to say it's okay to include yourself. It's okay to love yourself. It's actually more than okay. It's really quite moving when uh, with a large group of women um, and to have that feeling and tune into that feeling of the group where they're shifting, they're releasing so much guilt. You know, they're, they're holding it all together as best they can. And then there's just, there's just tears. There's tears of just, oh my gosh, phew, and, you know, it's okay to be me. And, and a, so much energy, Danny, so much energy goes into yeah. trying to hold it together, trying to wear the mask, trying to hold the hats. Absolutely. And I think we've had that culture of soldiering on, you know, I think that has been a little bit dismantled since COVID because we have to stay at home now when we're sick, but you know, the ad of, oh, just take this this thing and you'll be fine and you've got to soldier on. And I feel like that's been not only when you're physically sick, but that's been, you know, when your mental health hasn't been great, that's been as a, as a mother, you've just got to keep soldiering on and you can't show weakness. And I, I really push back against that soldiering on culture because eventually, you know, as I think Brene Brown says, your body keeps count or score, you know, your body keeps score. And, and I know that, you know, I know if I overcommit, which is one of my worst qualities that I have, <laughs> Um, or if things, you know, pile up on me, I can feel the anxiety and I can keep pushing it away and pushing it away and pushing it away. That's great. It's always going to come back and get me, you know, and I'm much better to stop at that point before it gets me and slow down or do whatever it is I have to do to sort of, instead of pushing it back, sort of draw it in almost, Yes. you know, I go, okay, yep, I can feel you coming for me. Let's deal with yep. this. But your your body keeps score absolutely and if if you say you're not going to feel this particular thing right now you've come back totally twice as hard <laughs> you and you've reminded me of um uh an, another book i don't know if you know dr jeffrey rediger um he wrote a book called cured but he talks about the four pillars of health one being healing your immune system two being healing your nutrition three healing your stress response and four healing your identity oh wow i love that it's really powerful and you know he talks about when you heal your identity you wake up to a life that you actually want to live oh wow because when you're do doing that that has you know astonishingly astonishingly positive effects on the physical body and when you're in the opposite it has that opposite illness happens in the body. And often we wait for illness and then go, oh, we better do something. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Really, when you wake up to, you know, as we said, kind of what fulfills you. And I know we touched on this in our last podcast episode. You know, do you want a day that's full or a day that's fulfilling? And when you're when you're focused on that fulfilling, when you've got that deep level of fulfillment, you've got a really like expansive reservoir of well-being mm. of health of love and then that fills you it's a very different kind of state to be operating from it is it is and you do you know going back to the identity healing which i love i love actually articulating that in that way but i really like the idea of that because we've all felt in our lives times where we've had to not be ourselves First thing I think that happens at school, you know, you have to sort of fit into this box to fit in and not stand out too much and not be this, not be that. And I feel school, when I went, maybe it's different now, but it was very stifling in that way. And, you know, haven't you felt in particular situations or a particular relationship where you just can't be yourself? And once you release yourself from whatever that situation is, there's never a better feeling 
than just being able to like yourself and accepting the fact that not everyone's going to like you. And you know what? That's okay. If everyone dislikes me, I should probably do some reflection, right? <laughs> yeah. Self-reflection is good. Yep. But if, mo- if if all the people you love, love you back, and there's a couple of people who don't like you for whatever reason, that's okay. We can't all vibe with everyone we meet. That's fine. And that acceptance of that. But being able to really lean into who you are and what I like to say, be unapologetically yourself is so incredibly freeing. And I've been feeling that over the last 12 months or so of just being able to be exactly who I am, not a perfect person, but just that person I am. And then surrounding yourself with people who enjoy that person and then allowing those people to be whoever they are too yes you know i just i I just don't think there's a a better experience than being able to sit with everyone being exactly who you are you know and i think that's that's not not an option it's non-negotiable you know you don't go into this relationship and start trying to adjust (laughs) or change people you just are who you are and if if you decide you don't like that anymore well maybe it's not the right relationship to be in yeah that's right and that's a that's a beautiful thing to just come back to um and there's again that element of the relationship you have with yourself isn't there absolutely um you know have that strong relationship have the that self-love and know who you are and i think when you have nurtured knowing who you are and also accepting that you are always evolving and you are always growing. So you may have had a, a, a belief system about something three years ago that today you've gone, hmm, actually, no, no, that doesn't work for me anymore. And be okay with that because sometimes I feel people can be so ingrained. They're like, I believe this since the 80s and so I can't change. How could I possibly change that viewpoint? So, you know, when you when you are in that space of um, receptivity, I call it, you know, you're open, you're receptive to just going, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm loving it, I'm embracing who I am and I'm evolving because that's what we do as humans. That's why I am here. Absolutely. And I think the most interesting people have evolved in ways that, you know, are quite significant. You know, they've been down one path and it was the right path for them at the time. And then they've changed gear and gone, actually, I don't believe any of that or I don't lean into any of that at all. Like, I think that's really powerful and I think we need to keep listening to the world. We need to keep learning and growing because if you think you know everything at 30, <laughs> you know, I think we might have a problem. I see the strength and the power in going, yeah, I used to think that, but however, after this many experiences and after reading a bit of this or listening to this I now have a different viewpoint like how powerful is that and how accepting is is that of you know you continually evolving and I always find it funny that you know YA novels are coming of age you know coming of age when you're 17 or whatever I'd always think you're coming of age you know you're always coming of age because hopefully we're always learning and growing and it doesn't say we're not going to make mistakes we do Um, But continuing to learn and grow from them, I think, is a really powerful thing. I appreciate your beautiful time in uh, in sharing part two of this chat with myself and Danny V. We have one more episode to go where we really just wrap up um, a beautiful conversation uh, around play and presence in this, this wonderful roller coaster ride of motherhood. So I'd love for you to join us for part three and I welcome you to share this episode and this series with family, friends, 
and with colleagues who you know will benefit. In the meantime, I celebrate you and I look forward to chatting soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Vestalich. www.chataboutchildren.com. 